heroes, heroes, heroes. We got so many new movies, action movies from MCU to Marvel to Dominic Toretto flying out of cars, heroes. But really, is there such thing as being too much of a hero in our own personal lives? We're gonna talk about this thing called the hero syndrome. Why is this important? Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. Before we continue, we need your help. We'd like to reach more like-minded people just like you and share our knowledge on personal growth, health, and success. So can you do us a favor and in your podcast app, hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review and leave us an encouraging comment. Do it right now while you listen to this episode. That will help us know you're listening and that you care and that little action will help us reach more folks. Now back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of The Manhood Experiment. I'm your host, Big Dreams. I'm here with my co-host here, T-Rex and J-Dragon. Let's get into it. Heroes, heroes, heroes. We got so many new movies, action movies from MCU to Marvel to Dominic Toretto flying out of cars. Heroes. But really, is there such thing as being too much of a hero in our own personal lives? We're going to talk about this thing called the hero syndrome. Why is this important? Well, we speak on ways to identify, you know, the hero syndrome in our own personal lives. And that's what I want to do today. The reason is because we may find ourselves at times wanting to be that person that gets the recognition for saving the day or inserting ourselves in positions to save the day where it may not be needed. And at the same time, we all have a kryptonite. So I'm going to just leave that nice and vague for you before we jump into this juicy episode. (laughs) And before I do that, I got to check in with my boys. T-Rex, J-Dragon, how y'all feeling, man? Feeling good, baby. Feeling heroic and alive. <laughs> Daddy Dragon, Daddy Jason over here feeling... My, my little baby girl's got me feeling like a hero, so... That's awesome, man. Just trying to live up to, to those expectations over here, but uh, no, I'm feeling good. I'm happy. <laughs> what about you, T? Yeah, I've been motivated by Arnold these days. His new TV series is coming out on Netflix soon, and... Ooh, I gotta check that out. Yeah, so that's uh, talking about heroes... So recently I listened to one of his motivational speeches and got me so pumped up, started working out six days in the week now, and now my body is so tired. So, Yeah. Uh, oh my God. You're going to yeah. be able to get into the chopper and save the day. <laughs> get to the chopper. Yeah. Lift the weights. Do it now. <laughs> How's the 30-day challenge thing? We still going strong? The 30-day challenge, really quick on that. This is the yeah. last week, the fourth week. This is actually the most challenging because... It feels complacency is set in it and just like, oh, I, I don't want to go for the walk. I don't need to. Mm. And today I could just skip a workout. So it's just interesting to see these dialogue and then moving past it, getting it done, checking it out, checking it off. So, yeah, that's my share. What about you guys? No, that's good, man. On my side, man, things have been good. Things have been good. I got the baby boy, three months old. He just started daycare, so that's been fun. I've been getting back to my routine by getting him together, getting my daughter ready in the morning, spending that bonding time with them. And I'm loving every bit of it, man. I'm loving the dad life. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But it's got me thinking. Recently, me and my wife, we went out and we saw this the Fast and Furious X movie, Fast and Furious 10. 
They're 10 now. <laughs> no, I said the same thing. Bruh, they have so many movies. And he's arguably, he's a superhero now. Based on Vin some Diesel? of the stuff he's able to survive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta... I don't know what his skin is made out of in these new episodes. Oh, and with the car, that is a weapon. <laughs> it's a deadly weapon yeah. in his hands. But jumping into this, and it got me thinking about heroes. And so I start researching heroes, you know, what heroes are to other people and what is a hero to me. And it got me thinking about myself and how I've always had this thing to want to be super dependable and reliable and to kind of come through and save the day for others. And I researched it and came up on this term called the hero syndrome. Y'all ever heard of this before? Hero syndrome? Mm. No, I don't think so. News to me too. So I was like, this is the actual thing. So basically, the hero syndrome, I had three definitions for it. One applies to like your personal relationships. The other one applies to more romantic relationships. And the third applies to professional relationships. So I'm going to kind of break them down in that order in this episode and give you thoughts and different topics of how to basically identify this, if this is something that applies to you or maybe applies to somebody you know, and to... Kind of just, what does Jay always say? Check your inventory to see if you are yourself, not a victim, but possess some of these traits of not a syndrome hero, but having a hero syndrome yourself. So what I'm going to do is jump into this first little definition here. And this is going to be based on our personal lives because myself, I've experienced this. And I'll tell you after the definition of what struck out to me on the swaddle.com by Darupa Rakshit, I think that's the name. She identifies or he identifies hero syndrome as also known as the knight syndrome, white knight syndrome, savior complex, and occurs when individuals feel good about themselves only when helping someone. They believe their job or purpose is to help those around them and sacrifice their own interest and well-being in an effort to aid others. And that's just half of the definition, but I stopped right there because it struck a chord for me, man. I remember some college days and I kind of adopted relationships or family relationships with people that were just friends and they didn't actually deserve that level of relationship. I was putting people in places and positions so I can gain some type of responsibility for that individual's life and how to kind of help influence them because it made me feel like, oh, maybe I was just a little step further than where they were. It made me feel good about myself, about where I was in life, even though we were all kind of struggling college kids trying to figure it out. But in the moment, it made me feel like, you know what, I might just have a couple of answers here. And the light that it shined on me, it felt good because somebody was coming to me for advice constantly. It was this young man. He's also big in music, big music enthusiast. But when he came to school, he wasn't focused, not at all. And he was only a freshman. I was a junior and we we're only maybe two years apart. But for some reason, I adopted this kid as my little bro. And I started making sure I'm taking care of the food and the fridge and like things that you would really do if there's real family ties, right? Hey man, uh, my car broke down and I know you're in school or you know you got class, but I need to be picked up right away, taking them to work and dropping them off. Eventually his mom she was like, I got to meet you. I really appreciate you. Thank you for doing all of this. She started bringing us food at the dorms and stuff like that. It really became like a family situation. 
because I was providing so much stability for this kid. And it was not my job. He had parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> this situation started pulling away from me because I wanted the responsibility and to be seen as somebody who had it going on, who knows where they're going, who knows the next step after this. And I was feeding into this position. And this kid was just getting some more and more and more trouble. He got, I don't want to tell a story, hopefully, but I'm not going to put any names out there. Went to jail for speeding. It just got bad, got really bad. And eventually it turned into one situation where something going on in the dorm. I had to rush back home. And I was two hours away in Richmond. I had to rush back to Norfolk because there was just so much chaos going on. And he was almost a part of every single issue. I have three roommates and he got into some type of altercation with every individual roommate. And it wasn't until I finally got fed up. That sounds like Jay in his younger <laughs> days. <laughs> I finally got fed up and was like, yo, I can't do this anymore. It's, it's pulling away from me. I can't even achieve my own goals because I'm giving you so much of my time and energy and trying to give you so much advice that you're not even listening to. What am I doing? I said, I'm tapping into hero syndrome. Yeah. I feel that is the guru mentality. A lot of gurus out there, they have this thing where people look up to them for advice and they're the leader of the pack and they have this sense of responsibility, but then it becomes too much. It becomes too attached to that identity where now if they feel like they're losing it, they become insecure. So yeah. I've seen that happen with not people personally that I know, but I've seen that happen in the world. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jay? Have you seen that in your own life? Or can you identify somebody maybe that, that she's seen going through that? Yeah, I can think of that. I mean, sure, I, mean, I can think of my little brother. I feel like I've had to be a hero, whether it's just always trying to look out for him. And mm. yeah, I, I can see that happening where it's like, part of that mentality to me comes from, it's like, if I don't do it, who else is going to do it or keep this person in the right direction type of thing? And that's the talk that I feel mm. like I have with them all the time is like, Hey man, you got a lifeline to Socrates right now who's seen a whole lot more life than you. You know, t tap in and, <laughs> and find this out. I'm just trying to prevent you from running off the side of the road, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Let's keep it moving. But, and I don't think there's anything negative about that though. Yeah. You know, I think it could be a positive trait as I researched it more mm -hmm. because it does show this type of individual that wants to take on positions of responsibility, right? And they want to be a leader in their own circle. And eventually, I think most people that may have gone through this will become leaders or are leaders in positions. So hopefully, if you are a leader, this is a way maybe you can balance these things. Some solutions that I found based on my own personal situation after I kind of went through it and analyzed, why did I do that? What could I have done better? One was just to be aware, become aware. Other people were telling me like, hey, don't you think that's a little odd? That this is going, I was like, nah, man, I'm, it's my little bro. I got him. You know, you got to listen to the people that you hold close and value their opinions and their advice. Let it sink in. Don't put that wall up and block it all out because it goes against the identity that you want to possess for yourself. Be open to that, especially if you value their input. Secondly, set boundaries. I didn't set a boundary with this young man of how much he can take from my time i was on dates man and this guy would call like dude i need you to come back this, this i don't i don't get it and he would make it sound so chaotic that i like babe i 
I gotta get my bro. I get my brother. I'm like, he's not my real brother. <laughs> but I put the responsibility there and I'm, I'm missing out on life because things kept coming up. So those would be two things that I would advise. And you guys may have other solutions for this situation, but definitely take account of the situation, be aware and set boundaries on a relationship. Yeah, I could just see how you could easily let people, what type of lesson are you teaching them if you're always there to help support them? But it's like at the same time, you know, is it your role to teach or be honest with some people? I remember mm. having people set me aside and like giving me constructive criticism that I didn't want to hear in different areas of my life about being more responsible. And it came off maybe feeling like a little bit abrasive at times, but like that's the strong medicine that I think we need to hear. And is it mm. our responsibility? Do we have the obligation to be hero? I love the idea of being heroic and what that means, like being the hero of your life. But I guess we have to get clear on who we're becoming the hero for, you know? That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Speaking of heroes, just a little brain break. Yo, who's your favorite superhero? Oh, man. I'd, I'd go Superman type of feeling. I feel like if I had to be a superhero, it'd be definitely like just old school <laughs> Superman. Clark Kent. All right, what about you, T? Does Rambo qualify? Uh, <laughs> Rambo qualifies. He's an action hero. Rambo qualifies. No, actually, if we go oh, comic books. You know, any any action movie, yeah. I would say Batman, especially the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. We get that darkness. Because it's almost also, going back to that, in the end of the scene of the Dark Knight, where he says, call it in, he takes the blame for killing Harvey Dent. And uh, it was just like, he was so much of a hero that he gave up this idea that he's this hero saving Gotham and Gotham turned against him. But mm -hmm. he was such a hero enough to do that. So it's just like, I don't know if that ties in, but... He took the yeah. weight. Yeah, nah. Yeah. Taking responsibility for things that ain't got nothing to do with yeah. you. <laughs> right. <Hill Central. laughs> exactly. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. He, he know he yeah. ain't killed that man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was, the, he was the knight they needed him to be. He's the dark knight. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to jump yeah. into point number two. I just wanted to know. So hero syndrome number two and how it affects romantic relationships. So we talked about personal relationships. That could be family, friends, whatever, right? This one is more of your romantic relationship, your significant other. So in this one, I found a definition on the narcissistlife.com. Don't ask me why I was there. Uh -oh. Slash hero instinct <laughs> and men. That's what came up when I searched. <laughs> so the hero instinct refers to the innate desire of men in particular to feel essential and valuable to their romantic partners. This concept in relationship psychology suggests that men have a primal instinct to provide and protect their loved ones, which can be triggered by certain actions and behaviors. So I'm going to tell you what I think after what I hear from what you got from that. Hey, listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind the scene moments. Now, back to the show. So what'd you get from that? What stood out to you? I think that it's a natural instinct in men to be the provider and the protector. I mean, that's what it comes out to me, Like, if I simplify it. Yeah, traditional gender roles. Yeah, I'm about that. I agree. What about you, T? What'd you get from him? 
I'm just waiting to hear more of the context and see where this is going. So before I comment, <laughs> I just like people jumping in. Yeah, I want to say, and don't get it twisted when I said provider. No, I got you. I'm saying protector. Yeah, yeah, man, you ain't about to get canceled on our show. It's our <laughs> show. <laughs> they can't cancel us. <laughs> they talk about gender But roles. do continue, do continue. I'm, I'm curious to see where this, this rabbit hole goes. So. Man, so what I've got uh-huh. from this is that I feel like they're calling us out, man, from this particular writing like men have this primal instinct to be the providers and play this hero and they kind of put it on us so this being a manhood experiment ladies i would definitely like to get y'all feedback on this like do y'all experience this hero sentiment anyway i think i discovered some things that women may experience in this y'all can let me know let us know in the comments follow us on instagram manhood experiment but one thing that triggered me it suggests that the hero syndrome can be triggered slash activated. Like say by, for example, we gave seeking advice from your significant other creates confidence and a sense of belonging. It makes us feel like we have some influence in your life, us as men. We want to be able to give advice almost at any instant, any chance. Do y'all feel like any of that is true? It might be in my case, just a little bit. I'd be like, hey, what, what? You need help? Let me, let me talk to you. Let me listen first. What do you want? Do you want me to listen? Do you want advice? Advice? Yes, that's important. I love that part. <laughs> I think Jay in a previous episode he spoke about that. Where there's, oh, I've had to learn. Yeah, <laughs> the distinguish between advice and listening. Yeah, but I, I think that's just part of my character. Maybe it comes from deeper roots of people pleasing and wanting to always have a solution for everybody. I feel like that's generally a quality with guys, you know, because I'm yeah. the same way, you know. Man, males are logical. So, man, I'd be hoping she'd be saying advice. I'd be like, you want me to listen? Or you want me to give advice? Listen? Okay. If I can always cool. just remember that. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you want me to give advice? All right. Yeah, let's do it. So this next part here. So for us men, it could be like the hero syndrome could be activated by your woman saying, hey, would you mind getting the cereal from the top shelf and then opening that jar next to it? And then we feel just confident. We feel like, oh, yeah, I get to show off my masculinity. I get to show this strength off by twisting the jar off. I got you, babe. You know, just small little things like that can trigger masculinity in men. Now, for women, I would think maybe a situation would be, say, ensuring that your spouse or your significant other, that you're organizing everything, putting it in an organized location so that we don't forget our keys or forget our wallet. That's making you, you're saving the day because that may be a common situation we run into. Like, oh, babe, you see my keys? I already got them. They're such and such and such. You're like, that's awesome. You're the best. You saved me like five minutes. And then they feel good about that, right? But that would be my traditional ideal of maybe how that can be seen in women activating or us activating that and our significant others, right? Thoughts. I feel like that goes through stages. I was listening to some information on, you know, relationships. And you think about it, like some people have all these different things. You know, there's a lot of people subscribe to this idea kind of tit for dad. If this person does this, I'll do that type of thing. And mm. what comes down to like a healthy relationship, I think you have to break down that it's going to switch places. You know, like right now, I think my wife certainly gives a little bit more to caring for our baby. And mm. so it's like I have to step up in other areas. And I feel like that has changed in the past where one person is leading, one person's being more heroic. And 
I think the key to the long-term happy part of things is knowing who's got to put the cape on and not complain <laughs> like, hey, I've been wearing the cape for the last year, two years, three years, and it's going to be like that sometimes. Instead, just realize that you know that role and it's yeah. time to shine and you know, save the day. And sometimes you're going to save seven, eight, ten consecutive days in a row. And, and that's just what you do. So that communication of knowing, hey, who's wearing a cape this week? Because yeah. this hero's getting tired. I got to rest. <laughs> Another yeah. thought I had on this was, when is it too much, this hero syndrome? Because I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, like I said before, but can it be too much? When I say that, I get this example of Lois Lane trying to activate the hero syndrome in Superman. When she identifies that Clark Kent might be Superman, there's this old school scene where she jumps out the window and she's like, come save no, me. She jumps off the, the oh, waterfall she jumps off the, in Superman's 2, I think. That was, right, yeah. right. Like this, It's yeah, like toxic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just toxic <laughs> behavior, Lois Lane. She jumps out and puts herself <laughs> into a situation to where Superman is either going to save her or she's going to die. In this one, I think she jumped out a window and Clark Kent politely like walked the other way. And mm -hmm. instead of saving her, like he used his laser eyes or something like that to do this little chain reaction. But eventually she fell on like one of those umbrellas and then like on a pot of oranges or something like that. So he didn't actually go and save her like in the Superman classic, I got you right. in my arms way. But he kept her from dying. And I was like, oh, Superman, that was a good way of not being an enabler. So that was my yeah. next piece of this conversation. When is being a hero... When are you being too much of this personality? When are you letting too much of this trait affect your relationship and enabling people? Can it be too much? That's tough. I just feel like there's context. I guess that's a hard thing. I don't know if there's a an objective inventory that you say, oh, you've, you've hit your limit in my superhero actions. <laughs> of, I've, I can only I can only go too much here. So I don't. That's that one's a hard one yeah. to yeah hard one to answer because you could feel like you're getting wore out. If you're just saving the day constantly of, of in other people's lives. Right. And because it's going to require your energy. And I can see that role. You know, when you bring that up, it makes me think of, I see that in people's families, that this person is just, people expect this person to be a hero constantly. Mm. And that could wear that person out. And yeah. it goes beyond the feeling of not feeling appreciated or respected. Yeah. I've heard those sayings when you have like a friend that's come up really well and, and done well for themselves. And then everybody around them just expects for them to be the hero for everything. And it's mm. like, that is a heavy load to bear. And we can minimize that down to a smaller level. Um, and part of these are responsibilities for the role. Some people thrive on it. Some people, it gives them purpose. True. So I don't know where you draw the line on that. Yeah. What about you, T? No, this is a good point, what Jay said, because... I'll push back on that. We say it's a good thing, but sometimes it could be unhealthy as well because if you're yeah. the helper and it gives you that sense of responsibility, great. But if you're going so much that you want something, like you want something back, like love or attention, or it's just like you want something back from this to feel appreciated, then that begins to unravel some sort of insecurity within yourself because you should be able to provide all that for yourself versus I must do this or I must provide for this person or must save the day or be the leader of this household or do this in order to receive. So it could be on the lion insecurity that's 
being unraveled there. And I think the person who is experiencing that should kind of have awareness and go deeper and think about it and discuss it with the partner as well, too. Anyways, that's my thoughts. Yeah. That's perfect. That's a perfect segue. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted to get into. One of the quotes that I mentioned previous from theswaddle.com, I only went through half the definition. They said, people with this savior complex tend to seek people who desperately need help and to assist them, often sacrificing their own needs, right? They're often identified as nice guys, but the truth is, emotionally, healthy people would never have a compelling need to seek that kind of validation. Mm-hmm. That itself should be an alerting sign. That should let you know, like you just said, T, like, hey, there might be something I need to check out about myself. Like Jace always says, do some inventory, check your inventory. What's going on here? There's a really popular book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. I was just about to say that. Yeah, that's what makes me think about is, yeah, I mean, you can allow yourself to get walked all over and then you can kind of just form this belief that this is your responsibility with everything and it's a whole idea that you don't have a backbone type of thing. And, yeah, um, jellyfish. And you can lose respect for yourself in a sense. And when you mm-hmm. do that, I think that you're teaching people how to treat you, if you think about it that way. And in this heroic effect, you're teaching people to treat you like a hero. So I I don't know. This is this is one that I like the idea of striving. Like There's heroic characteristics and trying to strive to be heroic, I think, is a cool thing. But, yeah, um, you know, at what cost? Also, I think the hero doesn't seek to be a hero. He just is mm-hmm. whatever he does. He is looked upon as a hero, but he doesn't even think like that, you know, and doesn't act like, oh, I should do this to be the hero. So anyways. Yeah, no, you're right. Because you're not doing it for validation and you're not doing mm-hmm. it seeking the gratification of someone else. If you're truly, most of our heroes, they have a different motivation. Like I was talking about motivate. They have a different motivation for trying to get there. So in this situation, I think that's very important to just check your inventory. So our third one is how to identify it and address it in the workplace. And this is easy. So people with the hero complex like recognition for their work, right? Their clothes, their lifestyle. They like preaching or saving. Some people call it the savior complex because they need to rescue those in need. And we talked about this because in the workplace, you may have someone who has this hero syndrome, but it may be seen as them boasting or being wanted to speak on their accolades, things that they've been able to do. And that can get in way because it can make others feel inferior when you have someone who's kind of, you know, demigodding themselves in the workplace. So how do you deal with that? And to go through the topics all together and to solve that one, one, you have to be humble. If you are a person that likes to recognition that's how you're motivated, don't take that and be just overbearing with other people. And if you do identify it and say a colleague, acknowledge your colleague's desire to be dependable and then hold them accountable and see how they deal with the accountability of wanting that recognition. And I think that's an appropriate way to address it. So my three topics, how to deal with the serial hindrance personally, everyone ain't family and not all family are friends. Simple as that. So set boundaries of identification. Not everybody's going to be a bro. Some people are who they are based on how you met them. Romantic relationships. Find ways to help without enabling. Maybe instead of getting the cereal from the top shelf all the time, buy a stool so that when you're not around, people can still eat cereal. Uh, thirdly, workplace, professional environment. Like I said, if you got somebody who feels like a little bit of a demigod, it may be you. Be humble. Sit down. Secondly, don't take on everybody's responsibilities. Find ways 
also in that environment, not to enable others, but ask them questions so they can self-discover and be self-aware. For our manhood experiment of the day, I want you guys to kind of identify who your hero is in life, maybe someone that you really appreciate, that you respect, and then identify why their traits, what do you appreciate about this person, and then how maybe have they looked out for you in a certain way, what influence did they give you? Is that influence and why you see this person as a hero? And that is the manhood experiment today. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of the Manhood Experiment. I'm your boy, Big Dreams. We got T-Rex in the building, J-Dragon in the building, and we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Manhood Experiment. Peace. Oh, boom. Hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of the Manhood Experiment. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment. <laughs>